Welcome back to the In God She Trusts podcast with your host, Tasha Messenger. And I'm Kitri. Hey, girl, what's up? Oh, not much. How have you been this week? It's been good. It's been a good week. It's been a trying week in certain ways, but it's... Oh, yeah, I feel you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think on that one for sure. Oh, man. Yeah, super emotional. I don't know. I've just been filled like everything makes me want to like be really overly emotional, but... I'm so glad I'm not the only one. (laughs) Like, I'm really glad I'm not the only one because no. I was like, yeah, like last night I was just like praying. And I was just like started crying. I'm like, Eesh. like everything is like making me emotional. I watched a trailer for um, this animated movie called The Lion of Judah. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but uh-huh. I was, we've been trying to find some videos and stuff to play at church because we have kind of this idea that we want to do like a family movie night started after the new year. Okay. So I was looking at these trailers and... It's this animated movie, and it's all about kind of the animals of, of you know, Easter yeah. type of thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, there was this one part where the donkey sees Jesus, like, carrying his cross to Calvary. Uh-huh. And he was like, no, not him. And I oh my gosh. just lost it. I would have cried, too. Oh, my God. And it's so cute, and I really want to, like you know, sit down and watch it, but Mm -hmm. I have to, I know I'm going to have to mentally prepare myself. Like bring out a box of tissues. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, okay, I have to, I have to know that I'm going to cry and it's okay. Like whatever. Yeah. Well, we hope you guys, um, at home had a good week. Yeah. Like this week I, I texted Tasha and I was just like, there's just like some like heaviness on my heart, you know, that I just keep feeling. And October is just kind of a weird month, but I was just like, I just, you know, where you're just like, I don't know exactly why I'm crying or like why I feel emotional, but like there are just some times where I'm just like, I don't know why I'm sad. So I'll just like go and pray to the Lord. And so like, that's what happened last night. I just started praying. And then like, I started just like telling him about stuff. And that's when I was just like, but like, you know, she really doesn't cry like that. I don't. (laughs) I just make fun of myself. She sounded like Bigfoot. (laughs) Like morphing into something else. (laughs) (laughs) Chewbacca. Chewbacca, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was awful. Yeah, but like... um, You guys don't get to see the facial expressions that go along with this. It's priceless. I'm so glad we're not videoing (laughs) these. But, you know, like I texted you the other day and like I, I... told Tasha, I was like, okay, the Lord just spoke some like heavy stuff to me. And so, um, and I think that's like, what's been kind of like leading up to like where I've been like feeling that something's been heavy on my heart. And it's, um, I kept telling Tasha, I keep having dreams about snakes. They're attacking me, which is not a good thing. <laughs> uh, I didn't, one- no, no, no. I have to just like, Kitchery has the weirdest dreams. I do. All the time. I have the weirdest dreams. Horrible, scary, weird dreams. Yeah. And so this was not a shock to me. No. And so like a couple months ago, I had dream uh, or about a month ago, I had a dream that um, I was like preaching in the wilderness somewhere. And there was like a group of people. I don't know what I was saying. I couldn't hear what I was saying. And then all of a sudden, like these black and white striped snakes come out of nowhere. And um, I jump in front of the people and these snakes just start biting me everywhere. And then I wake up and I could still feel like, especially in my left rib cage, like where they bit me. Mm. 
which I'm like, I don't like that at all. And in my dream, I was extremely fearful of the snakes. And then a few days ago, I had a dream that I was going around. I was like preaching the gospel. I was laying hands on people. I was healing people that were getting attacked by like this massive python. Like think Nagini and Harry Potter, mm. like massive snake, um, over 10 feet long, thick. And I like healed this one person in my dream and the snake got so pissed at me and started like um, coiling around my arms, but I like had it by the throat. And in this dream, I was like, not today, Satan, mm. <laughs> not today, like in the name of Jesus. And like, and I had like more authority. Um, but so I texted my mentor about this and um, I, Sonia, if you're listening, I love you. Thanks for letting me um, annoy you with all of my text messages this week. So I told her, I was like, I keep having dreams about snakes. And she's like, look up this lady. I can't remember her name. And she's like, and the Python spirit. And so um, I did. And I, you know, I had heard from the Lord that like, I'll be healing, you know, like I'll be able to heal people um, from like the sins of like the snakes that like, mm. that it brings. Cause the snake symbolizes um, this Satan, the devil right. and like the dragon and stuff like that. And I was just like, okay. Um, but she's like, but there's something else about the Python spirit that you have to know in order to do that. And so, um, this lady was talking about, um, Paul when he was on the, I, I can't remember what Island, but he had like a bushel of sticks mm -hmm. and he made a fire with it. And the snake came out of the fire and bit him. And the lady was like, that means that in the bushel of sticks that he was carrying around, there was a python like in it that he didn't know he was carrying around. Mm -hmm. And what she was alluding to was like, we have something in us that we carry around that we don't know that we have in us until um, God lights a fire in it. Mm -hmm. And all this week, every passage that the Holy Spirit had me read was like God is an all-consuming fire. Um, you know, they will be destroyed with fire. This will be with fire. Everything was fire. Mm -hmm. And the correlation between that and the python spirit is like that snakes hate fire. Like um, the firefighters who are like wild fire, fi mm -hmm. like forest fires, they said the worst thing about the fires is not the fire itself, but the snakes that come screaming away from the fire because they hate it. Mm -hmm. And so when, when Paul lit that fire, the snake only came out after the fire was lit. And so I asked the Holy Spirit, I said, okay, what's the python or what's the snake that I'm carrying around that you have to burn out? And he literally goes, people. And I was like, well, I was like, no. Like I, I like. You, you I weren't like, surprised. No, I wasn't surprised yeah. um, because I naturally am a people pleaser mm -hmm. um, for like no apparent reason, which is just really weird. I just have this like, I want people to think I'm nice. I want people to think I'm kind. I want people to like me. Um, and he was, just, and then he would just like, he, the Holy Spirit talks to you how you would talk to you or how you would talk to other people. And he literally goes, if you continue to seek validation from people first, then from me first, your ministry will fail. Mm -hmm. He's like, you, it will not work. Absolutely. And I was like, oh, okay. And then, um, this has a point, I promise. <laughs> and then um, I just got done with like Hebrews. And so I asked the Holy Spirit, I was like, okay, what do you want me to read next? And um, what was the book? Jude. No, uh, he had me read Jude, oh. but there was something in Jude. But it was after I read Jude, Ezekiel. Oh, yeah. It was in Ezekiel. And y'all, I swear, like every word I read, 
it was like he was talking right to me. And it wasn't even like it was, oh, you're so loved and you're so amazing. It was like scary stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to not seek validation from people. I'm going to go to you. And, you know, with this podcast, we have a platform where like we keep saying we're going to speak the truth. But sometimes that truth is terrifying because the world doesn't want the truth. They want their truth. You know, like the world is always like, oh, I have my truth and you have your truth. There can't be two different versions of the truth. There can only be one. And so I hate that saying because, oh, well, that's your truth. Okay, well, what if my truth is different from your truth? Which one is actually truth? And it's like, we can't make up our own truth. There's only one truth, and that is God's truth. And people don't like that because sometimes the truth sucks. And it's, it goes against everything our flesh wants. It, go, it goes against everything that we want for ourselves or what we think we want for ourselves. And I know that there will be times where he's going to be like, you need to talk about this. And I will probably cry out of fear because <laughs> I do that. If I get really scared, I start mm-hmm. like shaking. And sometimes I just cry because I'm just like, ah. But I was like, Lord, I like you are literally asking the person who wants to please people the most and wants to be nice to everyone and wants to be kind to everyone. And like, you want me to say this stuff that's going to really like, that could possibly make some of my good friends not want to be around me anymore because we believe such different things like religiously and everything else. And I was just like, how am I going to do that? And he says, you're not going to, I will. That's right. It's not your strength that you're going to do this by. It will be mine. But the, (laughs) the things that he like showed me in Ezekiel was he was talking about how people like that, like in this part of Ezekiel was people are stubborn and like the, how Israel is stubborn. And, um, he pretty much said, um, when I tell you, what to say, you better say it. And this is like, especially the thing that jumped out at me. Um, I believe it's Ezekiel three. Yeah. It says, um, when you hear a word from my mouth, give them a warning from me. If I say to the wicked person, you will surely die, but you do not warn him and you do not speak to warn him about his wicked way in order to save his life. The wicked person will still die of his iniquity but I will hold you responsible for his blood. Mm-hmm. And I just like was like. Convicted. Uh, excuse me? <laughs> like that was literally, I was just like, so you mean to tell me that if I don't say what you want me to say and I don't like help that person get saved, they're still going to die, but you're going to hold me personally responsible. Absolutely, yeah. And he said, yep. Mm-hmm. And to somebody who wants to be nice to me, that's terrifying but it's it was just something that just like really convicted me like he's really going after this like people pleasing spirit of mine which is funny because like Jesus was not a people pleaser and I bet somebody's like what yes he was he's all loving absolutely he's loving but sometimes in love it means sitting people down and telling them the things that they don't want to hear in order to save them yeah listen to everything that he told his disciples as they were growing and learning (laughs) he loved to criticize in a loving oh manner peter yeah. especially mm-hmm. but he knew that there was so much more mm-hmm. potential in them than what they were portraying yep and 
it's it just goes back to that whole you know the bible the words were written so they could be spoken they were spoken so they could be written and written so they could be spoken exactly and yes it, that's why it's so important and it is it's a huge mindset shift mm-hmm. and we say that term a lot but that's what it is and i think that that's something that we've really started to develop over the last couple of months is yeah. that fact that this world is but for a moment and we mm-hmm. we have a purpose here and it's not to please our friends because when it matters when we're there in heaven and we're standing up there mm-hmm. and Christ comes to us and you know places judgment on us because he will regardless of if we follow him during our life we still are human we've done yep. things and we will be ac- held accountable for those yep. and like it says in Ezekiel 2 5 this was another thing that he like like it's underlined it's and I have like a note next to it that says God to me and I date it like if I really feel like something jumps out at the page and I feel the Holy Spirit telling me that I date it next to my Bible. Like I highlight it. And this is another one. It's in, once again, Ezekiel 2, 5. And it says, and whether they listen or refuse to listen, remember they are rebels. And at least they will know that they have a prophet among them. Son of man. This is especially like, this was really big for me. Son of man, do not fear them or their words. Do not be afraid, even though their threats surround you like nettles and, and briars and stinging scorpions. Do not be dismayed by their dark scowls, even though they are rebels. You must give them my messages, whether they listen or not, mm-hmm. for they won't listen, for they are completely rebellious. And that's when he was just like, regardless, if I tell you to tell tell them something, tell them something, because I'm going to hold you responsible if you don't. But if they don't listen, that's their choice. Yeah. And, you know, one thing that we always have to remember as fulfilling our purpose is that we are the sower, the yep. word is the seed, yep. and who we are talking to they are the ground and they choose whether or not they want to be good soil or bad soil. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is obviously straight out of Jesus's parables, but that's the way we look at it. And it's like in Sunday school, mm-hmm. all my kids are a little bit different, mm-hmm. but I am the sower and I have to teach them that word. That's their seed. Mm-hmm. And I have to figure out how to get them to be receptive ground. Yeah. And some of them I may have in, in a class one time a year, yeah. but during that one time, that's my opportunity mm-hmm. to spread the word. And it goes way beyond all of just classes and whatnot. It's our mm-hmm. everyday daily life. Yeah. And when we are in heaven, it is not going to be our friends mm-hmm. that we're walking up to saying, Hey, did I do good enough? Or would I do this right or wrong? It's going to be Jesus. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because it tells us and we say this, but it's, we are just for a moment here. Yep. And that other stuff in, in the whole scheme of it all, all of this other stuff doesn't matter. We have one job. Yep. And it's kind of funny that like, we're talking about this because we both bought, um, like, um, some like decor, for mm-hmm. our pod lab, mm-hmm. you know, but we both chose quotes from people. Right. Um, and do you want to read yours? Yeah. Because yeah. so, it's just, it's perfect. You read yours, I'll read mine. So what, like Kidry said, we wanted to put something up in this that we always had reminders that we were looking at about what we're doing. And this one of mine is from David Jeremiah, but it says, share the gospel. According to the Bible, it is every believer's privilege and responsibility to share the gospel. If we understand what lies ahead for those who do not know Christ, there will be a sense of urgency in our witness. And I believe mm-hmm. truly that that is our mission. Yeah. 
not just Kitcher and I's mission. That's all of our mission. Yep. And we have to understand what those people will go through that don't know Christ. Yep. And that's why I think this whole vibe this season has just been a passion. Yeah. Like, and this fire yep. that you talk about, yep. like that's Lit a fire that's under what my it butt. is. Yeah. <laughs> and it, but that's but what yeah. it is. I mean, and it's, it goes back to what we talked about last week. One last tear. And that is what we do. We approach everybody and every situation with that mindset that can I get them to the point where Jesus doesn't have to cry a tear for them. So funny. Um, yeah, I mean, that's not funny. Sorry. <laughs> I but, didn't know what um, to say to that. I was like, no, 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 it, I'm sorry. Funny, Kitri? Really? When you were talking, like I was just talk, I was just thinking about um, my quote that I got. And the Holy Spirit literally said, you didn't choose that. Right. I chose it. And it's hilarious because we just talked about like my people pleasing aspect. Mm. (laughs) And my quotes from Kanye West, which people are probably like, excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) Like Kanye or not, sometimes he says some stuff that you're like, dang, son. So my quote is, I perform for an audience of one and that's God. Absolutely. And it's like. Yeah, I, di- I didn't choose that quote because I grew up on the stage. I grew up singing on the stage. I grew up dancing on the stage. I grew up performing for people, and entertainment is for people's enjoyment. And he's now, you know, with this, like, people-pleasing thing, he's like, you're not performing for people. You're performing for me. I'm your only audience. Mm-hmm. I'm the only person that you should be trying to to please. And so that's hilarious. He literally said, you didn't choose that. I chose that for you. As a reminder mm-hmm. that you aren't doing it for people, you're doing it for me. I was like, yeah. that's what was funny, not your, not <laughs> what she's. <laughs> Everyone's like, I'm like, that's so funny. Um, I was she's saying, definitely not a people pleaser at all. <laughs> she's so rude, <laughs> so mean. <laughs> I like to sound nice, but I'm, I'm like Regina George. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. <laughs> Funny. Yeah, but that's what I was saying. That was funny too, because I was here in the Holy Spirit, and sometimes they talk to him out loud. And so, yeah, sorry, that was bad no, timing. No, you're good. It, but it is. It's funny the way that when the Holy Spirit starts speaking to you, and you really know it's them, because you know there would be times that I, like I get a thought in my head, and I'm like, no, if that's totally me, that's that's totally me. But the things that I definitely hear very clear from the Spirit. Yep. Um, pretty sassy mm. and. Um, like you maybe I'm not <laughs> you stop that how, I love how, you. how rude <laughs> um but no I mean it's just like the the verbiage the type uh-huh. of you know the all of that stuff that comes in and it's nothing that I would ever say like mm-hmm. in, in the way that it's said mm-hmm. um because sometimes he's like you need to know it's me yeah. and not you so let me just like speak this to you so you're like that definitely is yep. not me. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I know. I always picture where I'm working on this play for Christmas and one of the, it's kind of like a parody of the um, Christmas Carol with okay. Scrooge and stuff. And yeah. So one of our characters the other day, he walks in and he's like the saying Ebenezer, Ebenezer. I was like, Ebenezer, Ebenezer, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so I got to ch- chuckle it in practice the other day because I had just come from having like this really intense, just 
Bible time. Mm-hmm. And and I felt like the spirit talking to me pretty heavy. And so I go into that. And so he's like, Ebenezer, Ebenezer. And I start laughing because I'm like, that's the Holy Spirit. He's always like, Tasha, Tasha, <laughs> listen to me. <laughs> I am not dead. I am alive. I am alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, which is funny because, um, you know, once you start knowing that you're hearing him, mm. like, like you can have full-blown conversations. Oh. At least I do. Like, yep. when he, like, told me to read Ezekiel, and I was like, you want me to do what? Like, excuse me. Like, we had back-and-forth dialect, not audible. And a lot of people, I've had a lot of people ask me, well, how do I know it's God? Like, how do you know it's him? How do you talk to him? Like, I don't hear from him, all this stuff. And so, like, the biggest thing is, like, if you ain't cracking your Bible, you're not going to hear him. Mm-hmm. That's the very first place that you're going to hear him because the Bible is also called the what word of God. So if you haven't cracked open your Bible in a while, like that's the first place you start because when I first like really put, like gave my heart back to the Lord fully, fully, um, I didn't hear him. I didn't hear him. And it was, it was after I started reading my Bible every day for a while. And I did it consistently because that's how he speaks first and foremost is through his word. But like in reading the word, you get to know who he is, his characteristics, how he thinks, how he feels, because he's a person. Um, and you can't discern if it's him speaking to you if you don't know his characteristics and how, and how he works. Um, you know, like if you were to put like a bunch of women in a line and you take like one person's child and you blindfolded that child, and you had each woman say the same thing, like, I love you, I love you, that baby will be able to know who his mama's voice mm-hmm. because he knows that voice. Like, he, he's, he's been around the characteristics. He knows the mannerisms. You can't hear God if you don't know who he is. You know, the amazing thing, we all talk about fingerprints and, you know, being completely one of a kind. Yeah. So is our voice print. Absolutely. Like nobody has the same voice as us. People can sound alike, uh-huh. but nobody has the exact same voice. And that, that is God's doing a hundred percent. And I read something the other day that was so cool, but it was, it said our voice print is our street to heaven. Like it's, it's mm. our road to heaven because the minute we start speaking our voice, God knows our voice. Yep. And it's so just like important to understand. I mean, it's just like you say, have that continual conversation with the Holy Spirit and listen. Like you'll mm-hmm. get promptings and you listen to that. And I I've been reading in in Matthew and I, you know, I've been going I love through it. The book of Matthew. So good. But I sat down yesterday to continue on where I was at and I just felt like this uneasiness in my body. And mm-hmm. when I get that way, especially when I'm in my Bible, mm-hmm. that tells me Holy Spirit's trying to tell you something. Holy Spirit's trying to show you something. Yep. And so I sat there for a little bit and I was like, okay. It was like, you know, I don't know where this is going, but like, I don't feel like I'm supposed to be reading in Matthew right now. And right. so it was like, show me where you want me to right. go. And so he was like, go to Acts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and Acts is like, our platform chapter or our book, you know, I mean, it's totally, so I was like, okay, you know, lots of great things in Acts. What are you trying to show me? And, um, he just said, start from the beginning and Mm -hmm. I'll, and I'll make you stop. And so I'm reading, I'm reading, you know, going through 
And I like Luke anyways, you know, like I like Mm -hmm. how he writes. And so it's always just fun to just go through and read his stuff. But um, Luke or Matthew? Luke, I think Luke's the one that wrote Acts. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought for a second we were still in Matthew. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. My bad. You're good. You're good. My brain was like (laughs) still loading. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. And, And so I'm reading and then all of a sudden I get to this this verse in chapter two and it says then jesus told them that the holy spirit would fill them and give them power mm-hmm. and yes. that to me like i i the uneasiness went away and it was like the holy spirit was saying rest on this mm-hmm. and think on this yep. and it's something that we've tried to have people do you know instead of mm-hmm. getting just too, like, oh, I've got to read four or five chapters out of my Bible every day. Nope. Sometimes he wants you to just sit with one verse. One verse. Or two. Like, that's yeah. what he did with Ezekiel the other day. He gave me one thing over here and one thing over here, and he's like, read it over and over and over again. And sometimes, like, my, like for me personally, my eyes, or he, like, controls my eyes. He will not let me go on. Mm-hmm. And I just keep reading that. And, you know, that's another thing that my mentor always says is like if you stop on a verse that's because that's your spirit and the holy spirit Mm -hmm. connecting like that's something that your spirit like he knows that you need right now and you just need to meditate on that and like it's just you know kind of like what we're talking about today is just like who is the holy spirit because he works in so many ways right now i mean he is present on the earth and so it's just like how do you number one know it's him and like I kind of said, you kind of have to know his characteristics. So first and foremost, he is 100% God. Mm-hmm. He's invisible, but he is still God. And a lot of people, like we believe that God, the God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are three in one in the Trinity. And a lot of people are like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Like how can one person be three? And the best way like I could possibly explain it is like, okay, say you have a water bottle. And then you get out a water glass and then say you get out like a sippy cup. I don't know. I don't know why I said sippy cup, but whatever. And then you take the water from that water bottle and you pour one third of it into the water glass and then you pour another third of it into the sippy cup and then you leave one third of it in that water. It's still the same water. Mm-hmm. It's just in different forms. Right. And so, um, you know, you have God the Father who is like all authority like makes – all the decisions, like even the son had to go to his father because he says, I do nothing without hearing from my mm-hmm. father first. The son, Jesus is the son, obviously, um, is still God. Um, and so there, these three in one, they're all fully God and they all have like this, um, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm going to like butcher this. They have different ways of operating, but they operate under the same authority. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. I don't know if that no, it, makes sense. Yeah. No, it, it absolutely does. Because the Holy Spirit is our helper. Yeah. Like it says in many, many different ways that he is our helper. And it even says, Jesus says, I am sending you a one greater than I, and he will be there to help you. Yeah. And that, that sermon that I was listening to about Jesse Duplantis going into what we were talking right. about last week, yep. there was part of that that was, um, he said he was he was so funny and he's always so open and raw but he was like I asked the dumbest question to Jesus when I was there and he said he asked um he said I asked where's the holy spirit when he was in heaven and 
He said God just kind of looked at him like in a loving, like, you silly guy. Like, but, did you ask that? Yeah. He's on earth right now. Yeah. And, and he was like, like of course he's not here. He's on earth because I sent him down to you. Yeah. Like, you know? he, he, he's not here. Nope. And he dwells with you. Dwells with you. And it's it's so important. You know, I posted something. I was trying to find it. but You know what I just realized? Huh. Or the Holy Spirit just brought to me? Is that here it is. God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have all dwelled on earth at one point or another. So, like, in the very, very beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth and he created Adam and Eve, he dwelled on the earth with Adam and Eve. He was here physically on the earth. I mean, you know, going back and forth, probably to heaven or whatnot, but he was, like, here. And then after the fall of man, he could no longer dwell on earth because of the sin, because he cannot be, a, he cannot be. Well, he, he gave the earth to Satan. Yeah, exactly. Oh. And then he sent Jesus. And so Jesus, once again, fully God dwelled on the earth with man. And then after Jesus left, immediately the Holy Spirit has dwelled on the earth. Mm -hmm. So all three parts have dwelled on the earth in different times, but they have all three been in conjunction and working together Mm -hmm. as one. And Jesus coming to earth, that'll be another good topic for Mm -hmm. um, talking about the blood covenant and why it had to happen the way that it happened, how he came in and how he died. Um, But um, that I definitely want to approach on that, but uh, I had posted something the other day about the Holy Spirit, and I just wrote, "We know God is triunal, so this is exactly what you're talking mm-hmm. about: Father, Son, and Holy Spirit." And we always think of the Father and Son as so real and present and relational, right? So why aren't we including the Holy Spirit in these categories? Yes, Acts ten nineteen tells us that the Spirit spoke to Peter and told him to go with some men and doubt not. So here is the Spirit. He's literally. This is why we're saying conversational. Like be conversational yep. with the Spirit. The Spirit is right in this point, asking, asking for Peter's faith, talking to him. Mm-hmm. It is uh, the Holy Spirit is just as real and important as God and Jesus. So I, why aren't we turning? Sorry, tuning into it like we should. Why aren't we building a relationship with the Holy Spirit? As Christians, we feel the nudgings of the Spirit and even know to say that the Spirit told us something when we get supernatural direction, but are we talking back? Are yes. we making it a two-way conversation like we should? And here we go. It says, the Holy Spirit's not in heaven right now. It's here on earth with us fighting the battle against Satan. The Holy Spirit is as accessible as the person next to you. Yes. Build that relationship. You have access to wisdom, discernment, protection, and so much more. Have mm-hmm. faith to believe and you will please the whole Trinity. And I believe that this is why yep. I felt so led to that verse yesterday. Because yep. you and I, we always discuss, what are we going to talk about? What, you know, we pray about it. What's the Holy Spirit put on our heart? Yep. And we couldn't really come up with as general direction. But then it was just kind of like, we're kind we're always asking the Holy Spirit, what are we going to do? And so we were just like, well, let's talk on the Holy Spirit today. Yep. And that verse that I was led to yesterday says that it will give us power. The spirit will be filled in us to give us power. And so that's exactly kind of just everything that you're talking about, everything. And we have to give that relationship our full attention Mm -hmm. all the time, because the more that we speak to the spirit, the more he will be active within us. The more we're in the word, like Kitri says, Mm -hmm. the more accessibility to that wisdom and Mm -hmm. discernment and all of that we have. And it's just a matter. And it, yeah, it's super weird when you start and you're just like, hi, HS, <laughs> you <laughs> know, going? long time, <laughs> but, but the more that you do it yeah. and it's, 
I don't want to say form a habit to do it because you want to be genuine, but the more you do it, the more natural it becomes. And Mm. then it's like, oh, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit before I respond to this situation. And that's where we need to be because he is there for a reason. Right. And it's like, I, I call my mom every day. We live in the same town, like the same small town, but I call her every day. And it's funny. Um, and like, that's just like a normal thing. I call her every day. I ask her how she's doing. We kind of talk a little bit, whatever. And it's funny because like, we've made that such a habit that like, if I don't call her, she's like, she'll call me and she'll be like, are you okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like sometimes the Holy Spirit's like that, you know, cause we can get distracted and we can, you know, just like life happens. But sometimes he's like, Hey, I haven't heard from you. Are you okay? Let's talk. Like get your, you know, what do you, what do you need? Or he always knows what we need, but sometimes he's like, what do you want? What do you need? And so you kind of talk to him that way. And he's always there because he is omnipresent. Like if you look at, you know, Psalms 139 verses seven and eight talks about how he's always there. And, um, and like a lot of people are like, Oh, well, why should you even talk to him? He's going to know what I'm going to say anyways, you know, because he is all, all knowing, but it's like, that doesn't, um, build that relationship. Mm-hmm. Like you still need to talk to him. Yeah. And it says in Colossians three seventeen, it says, whatever you do, mm-hmm. whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Yep. When, and when we say take verses, if you, if reading four chapters a day is overwhelming, sit on a verse. And I tell yep. people this, don't just repeat it over and over in your head. I take one word sometimes. I'll take one verse and I will spread it out through the day and I'll be like, this word, I'm gonna I'm gonna meditate on this mm-hmm. word and really, you know, and so like this is a great example because you go through and you it says in everything you do and all things that you do, whether deed or words, mm-hmm. you need to be looking for Christ's guidance. Yep. And that means everything. That means every time you get a text, mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, how do I respond to this? Mm-hmm. You know, every time you get in a vehicle and have road rage, Holy Spirit, how do I handle this correctly? How I feel would like you you're talking to me on that one? I'm just looking at you because you're, <laughs> <laughs> but but it's so important in every choice that you make in every sentence that you speak. He's asking us. Mm-hmm. You know, look to my direction. I will guide you. And there's nothing too little to bring to him either. And I mean, for for me personally, sometimes I'm like, oh, that's just too trivial or like, that's just too. And he's like, no, he says, cast all your burdens Mm -hmm. upon me or pray about everything without ceasing. Like he's, he says like, I, I don't care what you come and talk to me about. I want to know about it. I want you to talk to me about it. I want to be able to give you the right steps because it's, um, the Bible says, um, oh, what verse is it? I'm going to look it up. It says you can make your plans, but I, I declare your steps. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I can make my own plans, but he is the one ultimately leading my feet Mm -hmm. in the direction that he wants me to go. And sometimes like I've, I've made my own plans of my own life and they have not worked out because I did not seek the Holy spirit or he wasn't even a part of my life at that point Mm -hmm. because I was not inviting him in because God, Jesus, the Holy spirit, they will not override your own will to make choices. They always give you a choice. Mm -hmm. Sometimes those choices are really hard and it almost seems like, well, that's not really giving me a choice. That's forcing my hand. No, you can still choose. Mm -hmm. Free will. You can absolutely still choose. And so he's not going to be like, oh, you haven't talked to me in a while. I'm going to force you to talk to me. 
he's going to be like, no, I'm always here. Like I'm literally always here. He's omnipresent. I'm always here for you, but you have to make that choice to reach out Mm -hmm. and talk to me. And you can, you can literally do, I mean, everyone's like, oh, well, um, the, the Bible is just a set of rules and there's no freedom and you don't get the, no, you get to choose. You get to choose Jesus or you don't get to choose Jesus. That is 100% up to you. You can choose to listen to the guidance of the Holy Spirit or you can choose not to. I can always tell you which way is going to be the best way mm-hmm. and which way is going to be the wrong way because I chose the wrong way like for, I don't know, over a decade and I got myself into a huge mess. And there was literally one day I remember um, I could feel him because when you are saved, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it says you are like the Holy Spirit dwells within you. And so I was living my life however I want to. And I knew it was wrong because I could feel him tugging on my heart. I could feel him tugging on my spirit. Like, this is not what I told you to do. Like, this is not the life I have for you. And, but I still chose for years, I still chose to do whatever I wanted to do because I still looked at God and the Holy Spirit and just the Bible in general and how he wanted me to live as like, you just want me to be a, uh, just like a kind of a dud. Like, I just have to follow all these rules. I don't get to be who I want to be. I don't get to, you know, do what I want to do. It was religion for mm-hmm. me. And I never fully grasped that relationship concept. And so I was just like, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to... Th- I. Why are you bringing this up, Holy Spirit? Um, Because our culture is so wrapped in the just do what makes you happy, Mm -hmm. toxic culture. Y'all quit saying, I'm just going to do what I want to do to make me happy. Knock that off. Mm -hmm. Stop it. Because you are ultimately um, being one of the most selfish people around. Ooh. Ah. Like it's, because I live that forever I'm just and everyone told me just do what makes you happy Mm -mm. you can keep living with your boyfriend even if you're not married just do what makes you happy that's fine you can keep having sex outside of marriage that's completely fine just do what makes you happy literally someone said screw everyone else Jesus did not die on the cross for us to do what makes us happy no and so what I didn't realize is the more that I chose to just do what made me happy it was essentially a band-aid for things I didn't want to confront. I, re- I read the other day, it said something about you have that, that verse about moving your mountain, like speak and whatever mm-hmm. you shall say, your mountain will move as long as you ask in my name. But they, it was talking like about how we have these mountains in our lives, yep. but instead of speaking them away mm-hmm. and calling on Jesus to help remove them, we just keep them. And so pretty soon we have this mountain that's here. And it's like you said, you got yourself a little overwhelmed because mm-hmm. what happens is you have one mountain, you don't choose to do anything with it. So in comes another little mountain that comes to sit right next to this big mountain. And here comes another little one. And before you know it, you have a whole mountain range. And they grow together. Yep. And then all of a sudden it feels like that entire mountain range is on, on top of you and you can't breathe. And you're like, I couldn't even move one mountain. I'm, how am I supposed to move this whole range of mountains? I literally thought that doing whatever I wanted to do was freedom. I literally thought that I was free. But what I didn't realize is that like, and like what people right now don't realize is like you doing it, whatever you want to make you happy. 
you think it's freedom, but what you're doing is you are literally binding yourself in chains. Mm -hmm. It's satisfaction in the flesh and it has to absolutely be satisfaction in Christ or you're never going to fully be happy. And when that day comes, when that judgment day comes, you're really not going to be happy. No. And it was like, and you know, one small compromise choice leads to another small Mm -hmm. compromise choice and another and another and another. It's like sin doesn't need a big wide open door to walk through. It just needs the tiniest crack. Mm -hmm. And so like that whole, just do what makes you happy movement. It is breeding the most evil and selfish culture. Mm -hmm. And it is constantly, um, allowing sin to run rampant without people even turning an eye to it because it has become so normalized. And so like the Bible says, um, that who the sun sets free is free indeed. So like, I remember looking at my life and there was a point where the Holy spirit was like, you felt me telling you what to do for a long time. So here's your choice. Once again, here's your choice. Cause I was, I bought a house with a man who was not my husband, living with a man who was not my husband, um, pretty much trying to pretend that we were married in order to make myself feel better because I knew it was not the life that God wanted me to leave or wanted me to lead. And so he said, okay, because I kept asking, I was like, Lord, just make him propose because then I can feel better. That guilt will leave. I won't feel like I'm doing something wrong. It'll justify it. And um, I had a pastor sit me down. And he's like, the Lord will not bless this relationship because you are living so far out of his covenant for you and so far away from like what he has commanded you to do. And I was like, how dare you say that? You don't know me. You don't know what we've been through, all this stuff. But like ultimately he was dead right. Um, And he's like, and the Lord was like, I'm not going to bless this. I'm not going to give you what you want for you to feel better because like you still sinned. Mm -hmm. You, You still lived outside what I told you to do. And so I remember one day it was like, do I leave him or do I not leave him? And it was like the person I thought I was going to marry forever. And the, the Holy Spirit said, you can have him. Like, here's your choice. On this hand, you can have him, but my hand will be off of it. Mm-hmm. I won't be there. Like, if you choose this, you can have him. Like, he would literally turn me over to my life of sin. He's like, but my hand will be off of it. He's like, or you can choose me and I will be with you every step of the way. And that's like when you are like in that position where it's like, which world do I choose between? Mm -hmm. Because it says narrow is the path that leads to Mm -hmm. righteousness, but wide is the gate that leads to death. And very few will find that road to righteousness. And so I I just remember one day um, I, I I was leaving, but I was still leaving that door open for what I thought I wanted at the time which was my relationship. Like I so desperately wanted to get married. I was pushing for it. And we were talking and I just remember he looked me dead in the face and he said, I don't want God. And that's when I knew who I had to choose. And it was God. Now it sucked. Doesn't that make you, when people say that, doesn't it just kill your heart? I remember, oh, I can remember what I was wearing. I can remember what he was wearing. And it, I'm starting to cry. I, I just remember looking at him and I was just like, you are the person I love more than anything. And I knew what he just chose. Mm-hmm. And to like hear the person that you love more than anything choose death for their life. 
it's one of the hardest things you can do. And then to know, because the devil kept saying, well, if you leave, he'll never know God. If you leave, he'll, he'll, he'll never turn to Jesus. But it was that point where God was like, you can have him, but I won't be there. Mm-hmm. Or you can have me. And there's absolutely no truth in what this no. devil was telling you. Absolutely but not. But that's what you were in a spot. And he was mm-hmm. like, yep, I'm going to make her feel guilty about this because I'm going to draw her back into this bad relationship. And I mean, the devil still does this to this day because the, I mean, this person, we're on great terms, um, but he's struggling with some real hard stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, part of me wonders if I didn't leave, would he have gone that far away? Like, would he have dug himself that far deep? And the Holy Spirit said, yes, and you would have been attached to Mm -hmm. it. And I was like, okay. But I believe that the Holy Spirit has a a plan for his life. He's not done with him. Like, there is nobody that is that far gone. Well, everybody has is born with a purpose. And it's like you say, we have free will. We have free will to choose Mm -hmm. if we're going to go down the path that God created us for or the path that... Um, it's in the chosen mm-hmm. when Nicodemus, when God's like asking him to, to follow him. And right before they leave, he's he around said, the corner. You came so close. Yep. And he's like, you can see the struggle in Nicodemus's yes. face and he's just fighting it because he has a wife and he has a life and he's prominent and, but he's just he so has money yep. and he has all of this stuff and so drawn to Jesus. And he's so, his soul wants so bad to follow him and they stood there waiting and he wasn't visible to Jesus from the corner, but Jesus knew he was he there. Knew. And yep, that was the last thing he said. Jesus looked before they left and he was so just like, oh, Nicodemus. You could tell he was so brokenhearted because he said, you came so close. You came so close. And like, I, I cry like a baby at that point because like I, I could have been Nicodemus where Jesus was like, you came so close. And so like after I left, it was not easy. Sometimes choosing the Holy Spirit choosing Jesus is not easy and it is hard. Like I, I, I just remember crying all the time, all the time. But like, I knew, like, I just kept hearing you will be rewarded for this. You will be rewarded for this. And there are things that I see in those like things that felt like they were crushing me that were hidden blessings that God was my shield in mm-hmm. that God protected me from because sometimes you don't see everything as it is like he sees everything like the holy spirit is working on a hundred different things and you maybe see two of them mm-hmm. and he was shielding like even though it was painful he shielded me from a way worse pain down the road or you know i mean i don't know what's going on i don't know what his plan is i'm just trying to like step forward in faith but like that life of just do what makes you happy when you think, when you think you're free, like you have no idea how many shackles you're putting yourself in because the world looks like all that glitters is gold. It's not the, you know, Satan and the world want to offer you money and sex and, um, just do whatever you want to do. But doing that over and over and over again, you become a slave to yourself. You become a slave to the world. You become a slave to, you know, you know, for example, let's just use, let's say cocaine. You take one hit, you can you can walk away from it at that point. But you do it again because you want to feel that happiness. You just do what makes you happy in that moment, so you do it again. You still have control over the situation, but you keep doing it. You still feel like you have control. And the more and more that you do it, the more you realize you're not 
in control. You're under control of that substance. And that's what like Satan wants to like get you with is like, oh, you're totally in control. You can leave whenever you want. You have full control over your life. You're free. And then 10 years down the road, you realize that like you have chains all over you. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I remember this. I remember I was sitting down and sometimes the Holy Spirit doesn't speak to me, but he shows me pictures in my mind. And um, it was like right at that moment where like he had said, I don't want anything to do with God. And I just remember I saw myself like in chains, like from head to toe, around my neck, around my waist, around my ankles, around my wrists. And I just, um, I was holding on to him. And I was like, no, I can't let go. Like I, I'm literally chained. And I looked down and I was holding all of the keys. I was holding all of the chains. Um, but my shackles were unlocked. But I was the one that was holding mm-hmm. them on myself. And, oh my gosh, I'm getting emotional. I hate crying. And I just see Jesus's hand and it's just open. And he says, you just need to let go. Let me take it. Let me take it. Just let go. Take my hand and all those shackles are going to fall off of you. I'm sorry. And I did. And I have never once regretted it Mm -hmm. because I have found, like that verse says, who the sun sets free is free indeed. And I I am more free in Jesus than I ever was with the world. I am more free and I am more who I am supposed to be. I did not lose myself. I found myself when I, when I held Jesus's hand that day. And I, I mean, I can look back to my life and I've known scripture, but I don't know if I was actually saved because I know he never once had my heart until that day. And like you are mo- the most free and the most, like you find who you truly are With in Jesus. Jesus. Permanent satisfaction and all permanent. these things that you see, you know, like the cocaine example, all of this stuff, feeling good with sex or what all that, that stuff's so temporary. It's so in the moment and that's mm. not the moment you want to be in. No. You want to have that constant, <laughs> continual, never ending satisfaction in Christ because mm-hmm. he can take your chains yep. and he can set you free but you have to make that decision. And that is one as a mom, that mm. was one of the hardest things for me <clears throat> because my babies, they're not mine. They are Jesus's and they are on loan to me while mm-hmm. we are in this world. But first and foremost, they are his. And first and foremost, I am his. Yes. And so it always has yes. to be God first yeah. in everything. And it's really hard to sit here and be like, oh, this relationship's going to be the, my main focus or this, my job is going to be my main yep. focus and yep. it's a distraction. Uh-huh. And in the whole scheme of things, it doesn't matter if we are alone for the rest of our lives. It doesn't matter because what our purpose here is not to be with somebody on earth. It's to be with Jesus and fulfill his purpose on earth. And so it really, it's like the sand in the ocean. I know we've said Mm -hmm. this before, but this time that we have here, it is not meant to be focusing on all of these things. If Jesus chooses to bless us with Mm -hmm. good things, like a great man or things like that. Because he knows the desires of our hearts. And he says, I want to give you life and give it in abundance. He's like, I don't want to just give you life and be like, all right, sucks for Mm -hmm. you. Like, Hopefully you do okay until you come to heaven. He's like, yeah. no, I want to bless you. Yeah. 
like just like I will open the windows of heaven Mm -hmm. for you and it's like it's you know he just he's not just like oh follow my rules cool and you'll just get a okay good job it's like and it's not rules I used to think it was rules or laws you know like where I felt like it was you know like I said not letting me be free but what I realize is it's boundaries like you have to have boundaries there has to be there has to be a gate that says you can't go this far there's a verse and I really wish I could just I'm not good at addresses on verses but it says that the sand is the boundary for the ocean I've never heard that used before addresses on verses addresses yes an address yeah (laughs) but it says you know the sand is the boundary for the ocean and the world today is just pushing boundary after boundary after boundary because it's all in the name of I'm going to do what makes me happy. I'm going to live my full authentic self. Your full authentic self. You will never find your full authentic self if you do not find Jesus. All that other stuff that you want and you desire will come. Absolutely. If you put Jesus first. He says that he, yes. you talk about the prosperity and the abundance. He promises us that prosperity because of the covenant, yep. not because we're covetous. Mm-hmm. You know, he wants to us to have those things because, as you say, he gives us the desires of our heart. But we have to believe in him and we have to ask those things yep. in Jesus' name. And we can't be asking just to be greedy. Nope. You know, we have to live our life. And he's going to recognize that he is mm-hmm. not going to bless your circumstances, just like you said, Kitri. Yep. If you're not living right and you're not doing those things for him and making him your focus, he's not going to. His hand is off of it. It's off. He's still there. He's still there for you. Like he's, you know, I always say that everyone's like, oh, well, um, I found Jesus. No, you didn't find Jesus. He found you. Mm -hmm. Like, and he's always been there. Always. He's always been there. And it's not like, oh, if you don't believe in Jesus or if you, you know, operate, like he's, he's just going to leave you. That's absolutely not true. He's going to be there. But you have to recognize that there is a, there is a Godward side and a manward side. You like, he will uphold his side of the bargain 1000%. And he sent us Jesus because he knows that we are going to mess up our side of the bargain. However, like when you give your full heart to Jesus, he will lead you into a life better than you could have possibly imagined. And sometimes, you know, that, that verse that says he will give you your heart's desires. Sometimes we don't even know what our heart's desires is until he shows us what our heart's desire wants. You know, I've, I've heard so many women that's like, God sent me a man I would never have chosen for myself. But he knew what I needed, what my heart needed. Or he sends you something that you would have never have thought of that all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh. That's the one, one of our good friends. That was her and her husband's relationship. Yep. And she told me one time, she said, he came in and he wasn't my type. He wasn't what I was attracted to. Mm-hmm. He wasn't any of this, but he was the man God wanted for me. And he was the man God, like God knew she needed because our wants and our needs are two very different things. And you know, what's important to realize, and, and we hear this in church a lot is that we're a spirit who has a soul that lives in a body. And God says yes. he knew us before. And we'll, we can get into an abortion debate too if we need to at some yep. point. But he says he knew us before. before. And that's our spirit. He knew our spirit beforehand. Does it mean that our spirits were in heaven before we came down? More than likely. Absolutely. Before I, our body was even yep. formed in our mother's womb. Yep. He knew, he knew us. Our, yep, our spirit and knew who we were. And he came and allowed us to come to earth. He gave us that soul. We're 
does our soul go? We are determinant of that. Mm -hmm. And the last thing he did was he put that soul in a body, Mm -hmm. a body made in his image. Yep. So we need to respect that too. Yep. But the body comes last and it's a worldly body. We don't want to be focusing on the worldly body. We want to be focusing on the supernatural spirit that he created. Because we are more spiritual beings than we are physical beings. And like when you ask the Holy Spirit to like, show me, like, show me more of that. He will. Mm-hmm. Like, he shows up. And I know we say it all the time. He shows up. If you ask the Holy Spirit to show himself in your life, like, hold on to your butts. Because, like, you know, he's he's going to show up. Yeah, because he's, like, he's sitting next to Jesus, and it's like, put me in, coach. She's ready. She's ready. I'm so excited. Yeah. Put, put me, me in. Put I'm ready. Me. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's what he wants from us. And what comes from having a relationship with the Holy Spirit is absolutely mind-blowing the level of and we've touched on this before how I've equated it to um like it's Super Mario's where when you get the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit you level up in your game absolutely and your prayer life becomes leveled up your discernment is leveled up your prayer life is leveled up your boldness is leveled up and it's all because of the Holy Spirit yeah when your spirit is in tune with his like he will even like little things that you didn't think would be like a big deal. He'd be like, no, mm-hmm. don't do that. Yeah. And you know, it's kind of like what I said last episode is like, sometimes it's kind of annoying where I'll like start to say something and he's like, uh, 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 mm-hmm. uh, 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 don't let that come out of your mouth. Or he'll, um, like for example, just recently he's been laying on my heart that he doesn't want me to drink alcohol for a while. I don't know how long, but he told me, What's in your Stanley over there? Water uh, uh-huh. and lemon juice. Mm-hmm. Are you you want to taste? <laughs> <laughs> We're getting turned. <laughs> I'm just you know, and so it's just like, like, why? But that's just something he's just like, I just don't want you to for a while. I'm like, okay. Um, and, you know, that's just something that he's laid on me. Now, that does not mean that now I'm like, Tasha, God said I can't drink alcohol, so you can't. You know, because, um, and that's the one thing that kind of drives me nuts that people in the church do that the Holy Spirit discerns something for them and they mean it's, they think it's law for everyone else. If the Holy Spirit tells you not to drink alcohol, it does not mean that it goes for all Christians. And then if you're a Christian, if you like have a glass of wine with dinner that you're condemned. No, he told me mm-hmm. not to drink any. He didn't tell you. No. What he says in his word is black and white. Thank That's you. what he tells everybody. But there are, you know, there are some people that the Holy Spirit says, I don't want you to drink alcohol because he knows that they have a history of alcoholism in their family. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I know in your spirit, that that is something that's going to tempt you and pull you in a direction that I don't want you to go in, so you don't get to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not because he's trying to make rules. Once again, it's because he knows what's best for us. Because mm-hmm. whatever he says is ultimately um, the best way, so you better get used to it. Right. You know what I mean? And, like, that's just me. Like, I'm like the kid. I was always a kid. I was stubborn. I wanted to know it was the wrong decision by making it five or six times. You know what I mean? Like, and so. Perfectionist. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so dumb like I look back and I'm like girl you are so dumb but you know now he's just like are you are you willing to accept that my way is better now like get like he literally said that like get used to it but it is like he's always looking out for me mm-hmm. but like and you know some people are like oh the Holy Spirit told me not to listen to secular music so you you can't listen to secular no shut up Quit telling people. Right. Like it's like your dreams. When if you if you have somebody in your dream, that uh-huh. dream wasn't meant for them. It was meant for you. you. And you don't need to be going and involving other people mm-hmm. in that were in your dreams with your dream. Yeah. That was something that 
that was meant for you. Exactly. Follow God's word, what you, what he tells in the Bible, what he speaks in the Bible, what he teaches in the Bible. That's for everyone. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's like, okay. Um, you know, just using my example, you know, when my past, when that pastor sat me down, he's like, you're living with a man who's not your husband. It says in the Bible, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to keep the marriage bed purified. And so like, that's for everybody. That is for everybody, everybody. Uh, and like, that's a big thing that our, our, our world teaches now is like, you can sleep with whoever you want. Yeah. You can live together. You can do whatever you want. Like you, you can, you absolutely, you can make that choice. And like, this is for believers. This is not for unbelievers. I'm never going to hold unbelievers to the believer standard because they don't know any better. This I'm is for believers. So glad you said that. This is for believers. Yeah. If you're an unbeliever listening to this, this is this is me not judging you because when you accept Jesus in your heart, he writes our he writes his commands on our hearts. Mm -hmm. Um and so I'm not going to hold unbelievers to a standard of believers. And believers need to stop holding unbelievers to that standard. Preach that. Yes. Stop holding unbelievers because it it says um and I will clarify this too. It says those who have not accepted are dead. They are dead in their works. Those who have accepted are given life. Mm -hmm. You can't expect a dead person to live. And I'm not saying like you're dead, dead. Right. If you choose Jesus, he gives you life. But like people in the church quit holding unbelievers to a standard that you should only be holding Christians. And that's like, what is that verse? Um, judge not or else you will be judged. That is the most twisted. It's in Matthew. And Matthew 7. Matthew 7. Yeah. Yep. That is the most twisted and wrongly applied verse that I can possibly think of is because, um, people specifically, I'm, I'm, I'm like, um, this is on church people, like people in the church judge people who are not in the church. You're not supposed to do that. And another thing that we see so much in the church is that people go to church to be at church, mm. but they're not, they, you need to be going to church to meet Jesus there. Yeah. Like just not just walking in the doors. does not mean you're saved. Mm -mm. And even if you are saved, if you're just going to check off your good duty for the week, you need to, every time you walk into those church doors, yeah. you need to go in with the mindset that I am here to meet Jesus right here. He has something for me. He wants me to learn something. He wants me to experience something, you know, but, um, and that, that Matthew 7 verse, it, it's not telling us to never judge. Mm -hmm. That's not what it's saying. It's saying, okay, so for example, like if I am um, using cocaine, I don't know why I'm on cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> cocaine and sex is the At first theme I thought she this. had just been eating powdered donuts, but I think I really... Tasha! <laughs> <laughs> no, she's joking. Just kidding, just kidding. Um, you know, like say like I'm using cocaine. Just a little on the side, but I see somebody else in the church who is a believer using. I don't get to go up to that person and be like, you can't be using that. It's because it says you cannot take the speck of dust exactly. out of the person's eye if you have a plank in yours. It is telling you to not be a hypocrite because it says with the with the power that you judge, you will also be judged. And it's talking about like, are, are you doing the same thing, but you're telling somebody else not to? And we cannot hold unbelievers to that standard because they don't know better. They don't know better because they don't have the Holy Spirit. We are called to lead them to Jesus first. We are not called to lead them to law. Mm -hmm. We are called to lead them to Jesus first. So yeah, we can be like, hey, Jesus loves you. He has a plan for your life. And like I said in the last episode, they have to hear the good news first. They have to accept Jesus in their heart and like know 
and like accept the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus will work on them. Mm-hmm. But like we, as, like, so that's why I'm saying I'm talking to believers that like we have to make sure that we are living the lives Christ called us to live. Because if we are a quote unquote believer, but we're still living like the world, how was anyone supposed to know the difference? Exactly. We have to lead with grace and mercy and no judgment. And that is how Jesus did everything. Every situation he was in, grace and mercy Mm -hmm. and absolute love. That's how it was. He never went up to anybody and started yelling and yeah, condemning them. I was like, Never. You, what are you doing? You should know better than that. No, he, he loved them through it. Mm-hmm. And he, all he looked for in any of those situations was faith. And he always started with relationship first. Mm-hmm. Like he always was like t- telling them about, um, like we used this last time too, but it's so true. Like the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. She's been really heavy on my mind. Like Real every situation, it's too. constantly going back yeah. and applying to that yeah. whole. But he, like we said last episode, he didn't start with like, oh, yeah, you're not married and you're living with a man. He didn't start with that. He started by building that relationship and softening her heart and softening. And then it was only after that that he was like, go and sin no more. Like quit doing this stuff. And then she was like, oh, my gosh, you told me everything he ever did. But it's like people, all, you know, and which is very true. It says Jesus accepts you for who you are. Absolutely. He does. He, he meets you where you're at, mm-hmm. but he never wants to keep you as you are. Cause he always wants to take us from faith to faith and glory to glory. And he will, there are things that he's, he might remove from your life. That's going to sting. Like he removed from my life. That's stung, but like he wants to, he doesn't want us to stay the same because mm-hmm. why else would like, he wouldn't have needed to come. But she's a prime example. I mean, if we have anybody listening, that's like, I'm too far gone. I don't even know where to start. I don't any of this. She is a prime example because I think maybe we talked about this in season one a little bit, but why was she alone at the well? And the reason is, is that, you know, all the other women showed up at the well early in the morning when it was cool because that well was probably one to two miles away from the village. Mm-hmm. And all the women would go together while it was cool. But this lady, she would go at the hottest part of the day. And whether that be noon, two, four, whatever, she was there alone and it was hot. Because she wasn't allowed to be because she was living with a man who was not her husband. She'd been married or not married five times. And so she was not accepted by that crowd. She was like outcast. Didn't want to go with her. And she, if if I was her, I wouldn't want to either because I wouldn't want the looks. I wouldn't want the comments. I wouldn't want the judgment. I would be, you know what? It's two miles. I'm, I will take the heat in of this day to get away from everybody's judgment. Yeah, I will. I feel like I should read that part. So I'm going to yeah, go so for it. I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to read the, the, the scripture of the woman at the well. Um, and I'm reading it. <laughs> you okay. She yeah. just whacked her just face whacked on her. My face, yeah. Um, so this is out of the new living translation, which I do like, cause sometimes it just kind of hits different. It says, so this is John four verse one. Says Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John, though Jesus himself didn't baptize him, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. And for for context, Jews and Samaritans hated each other. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a race thing. Yeah. And uh, you know, it was it was almost like a race they, thing. Like, oh, there you're was a, a lot of paganism mm-hmm. and all sorts of stuff in that town. Yeah. So they hated each other culturally racially, religious, they hated each other. And which also just goes to show that 
Jesus goes to the people that are not supposed, you know, that are not supposed to be loved, mm-hmm. but he had to go through Samaria. Hey, on stop the way. right there though. That verse right there. He had to go to Samaria. He had to. He had to. He didn't have to go through there, but he was, I have to I go. Have to I have to an appointment. Woman. I have to get there. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, no, because even Peter was like, uh, or probably Peter, I don't know, but probably Peter mm-hmm. was like, yeah, let's go around. Let's just walk around the village. Why are you here? We don't like these people, whatever. And he says, I, I had to. to go. Yep. yep. And so then starting again in verse five, it says, eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sakar near the field that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus tired from the long walk sat wearily beside the well about noontime, hot part of the day. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and whom you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. She replied, but sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? It's not quite connecting with her yet. And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? This is the world. Like, how can you offer anything better? And then Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink from the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get the water. Mm -hmm. So she wants it. Mm -hmm. Once again, like he started, like anyone who drinks from this water will soon be thirsty again. And he says earlier, if you only knew the gift God has for you. And he starts with that. Mm -hmm. Like he's like, if you only knew what God has in store for them. And so she said, give me the water. I don't want to thirst again. I don't want to have to come here for water. And he says, Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. She says, I don't have a husband. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband for you have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with. You certainly spoke the truth. Mm -hmm. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So she knows he's a man of of God. Like she knows, she's like, you have to be, because there's no way you would have known this. How do you know all of this How do you know all of this? She said, so tell me, why is it that Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it is here? on the mountain where our ancestors worshiped. Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming where it will no longer matter whether you worship the father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. Samaritans know little about worship while we Jews know all about him for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming. Indeed, it is here now. He's meaning about him. Like I'm here now Mm -hmm. when true worshipers will worship the father in spirit Mm -hmm. and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way, for God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. I couldn't imagine just Jesus sitting there like, girl, you have, like, yeah. like I'm about to blow your mind. Yep. And he, she said, when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Yes. 
like I couldn't even imagine being that woman and he says I am the Messiah and she just was like excuse me so you ain't just a prophet you the son of God yeah but he started off with like if you only knew the gift God has for you if you only know how much he loves you if you only know and then she's like yes I want this I want and she accepted it and then it was only after that she accepted it where he was just like this way you're living is not how you're supposed to but I'm going to give you fresh living water all the time. And like, I'm going to rain out the blessings that God has for you. Like I, like all these gifts, but it's just like, and that you, is the prime example of how Christians are supposed to lead mm-hmm. unbelievers to Christ. It's with love. Like, do you know how much God loves you? Mm-hmm. Do you know how blessed he wants to like to bless you? Like, do you know these things? There's like no way you could know this. And like, when you con- constantly go to the world's well, you're always going to want more and want more because you're going to be trying to satisfy a thirst that you will never be able to satisfy with the world. But whatever I give you, you will be fully satisfied. Yeah. And her her exit is so beautiful mm. because she left her bucket. Yep. She ran off without it. Yep. That that wasn't important to her. That satisfaction, that need was not as important as sharing the gospel. And then she's like, I'm going to go tell everyone. And it says she told everyone mm-hmm. in Samaria. Once again, Jews and Samaritans hated each other, but to her, that no longer mattered. She's okay. like, I don't care if they don't like Jews. I don't care if Jews don't like Samaritans. I am going to go tell everybody because this is for real. Mm-hmm. And it's such a great example to how we treat people that are different from us. Yes. The ones that we're not supposed to like and not supposed to be around. We have to take that mentality. I have to go to them. I had to go and talk to them. Yeah. It's not a, oh, what coincidence that she just happens to be here. And, oh, I just ran into this person with the Holy Spirit. There are no coincidences with God. There there are only what I call small miracles. There are no coincidences with God, only small miracles. And it's, it's amazing. You know, when we, when we pray in the spirit, all the things, when we're just talking, the the people that all of a sudden we never have thought about for years to come. And all of a sudden that person pops up into your brain and you best heed that nudging. And you start praying for that person. You may never find out why, but that's where the Lord's prompting you to pray. Yep. And it's like, you know, he says that you will worship him in spirit and in truth, Mm -hmm. actual truth, not your truth, not my truth, actual truth in spirit. Once again, because the Holy Spirit is God, the father's spirit Mm -hmm. poured out on his people. It is his very being. It is his likeness. It is his character. It is his, it is his personhood. It is his spirit. It is everything poured out and given to us. Like, like that in and of itself is a massive gift to have God's very heart, spirit poured out and given to anyone who wants it. And the thing that blows my mind, Tosh, is like Jesus died for a chance. Mm-hmm that people would accept him. And like, I don't know about you, but if God's like, yeah, you're going to die and they might not believe in you. They might not love you. They might not come to you. I'd be like, "Uh, no, but he died for just a chance because he loved us that much. He loves everybody. And that's one of the hard things that our worldly minds can't 
tend to get a grasp on is I'm not talking to that person at all. Nope, they are shady as heck and it's going to fall flat on them and mm-hmm. that person is not for me, Lord. Jesus would have walked straight up to him. Yep. Without even blinking because he had to go there. He had an appointment with that yep. with that person. And so that's like when the Holy Spirit puts something on my heart or like you know, I was like walking my dogs a little while ago and I passed this woman and he's like, you need to go pray for her. And so I was just like, okay, I'll pray for her. He's like, no, 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 you need to go to her and pray for her. Turned out it was her birthday. <laughs> um, She liked my dogs because my dogs are cute. They're my babies. They're not cute, by hey, the way. Shut up. I'm sorry. Yes, they they are. Are. No, Kitri. They're so cute. It's a pug. Pugs are not it's not a, she's not a pug. What is she? She's a Boston Terrier. Oh, worse. <gasps> Sorry. Podcast over. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, but, you know, she was like super. They have great personalities. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you know, but he was just like, you need to pray for that woman. And I didn't say anything specific in my prayer. Like, I, like, it, um, you know, it was nothing special. But he just wanted her to know how loved she was on her birthday. And maybe mm-hmm. that's all it was. And now I run into her all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. You know, but it's just like he might it might not be like this massive act of God raining down from the heavens, but he just like wants to just start showing his love to people mm-hmm. and opening up doors for people because not like like not there's not one person on earth who is not um, able to receive Jesus. And we may be the that person's only chance yep. to witness Jesus. And that's why Jesus is like, when I give you something to tell people, you better tell it because. If you don't, they keep sinning and they die. They're still going to die, but you're going to be responsible because I told you you to do something and you didn't do it. And that's just like, I mean, that's a heavy thing, but at the same time, that's how much he loves us that he's like, and kind of like, like who am I to deny him anything from like the place that he pulled me out of and the things that he has done for me? Who am I to say no to him? And it's a heavy, like, it's it's a heavy burden. I don't know if that's probably the right use of that word in itself to have that calling on your life. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy to sit there and be like, mm, yeah, not my type of, you know, I'll, I'll do this or I'll do that. But I'm I'm just not the type of person to go talk to people and pray with people. And, and I'm and, not. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it's our calling. Yeah. And we don't get to have really a say in that because he's our, he's our Lord. Like that yeah. is a title that we need to hold in reverence and respect. He is our Lord. He is and, still king above yep. everything yep. else. And you know, in the Bible, I don't, I could be wrong. So if I'm wrong on this, somebody fact check me. But when Satan speaks about God in the Bible, I don't really ever recall him. He'll say God, but he never, I actually, I guarantee you he doesn't. I, nowhere in the Bible does he say Lord. I don't think, but because that name is so revered and Satan doesn't care if you go to church. He doesn't No. what, you know, go whatever. He doesn't care. He cares if you go to church for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so it's those things. And so it's kind of a, it's a hard pill to swallow mm-hmm. in a lot of ways because we want to be so earthly and we want to satisfy ourselves but you guys, that's not your purpose. It's never worth it either. It's not worth it because 
when you heaven is eternity. I mean, it's it's so yeah. 101. It's eternity. This is a blip on the radar. Who cares about how happy you are with your new car or in your relationship? I mean, God wants you to be happy, but that's not your main focus. Absolutely everything that you do, every breath that you take, every action that you take, that has to be geared towards God. Mm-hmm. And then he will grant you those things that you want. But you want to get up there and he wants to look at you and say, well done, good and faithful servant. And not have to look at you and say, hey, let's start here on October 20th, 2022. He doesn't want to have to open this list of notes that he's taken on you that he has to be like, look, I have to cry a tear for this person because see this date, this was your opportunity. And I nudged you. Mm-hmm. I told you in your spirit that you needed to go and you were like, yeah, I've got to be somewhere else. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do what satisfies my, yep. satisfies my flesh. Yep. And that's where like, where the, where the Bible talks about that. We have to take up our cross daily, yep. that we have to die yes. to ourselves. We have to cross. die to ourself. Yep. It literally says like, like burn your flesh, mm-hmm. like your flesh talking about like what you want earthly wise, Mm -hmm. um, what the, what the world and what the devil want to throw at you as like, Oh, all that glitters is gold. Like you need to die. You have to sacrifice that every day. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it is really hard Yeah, because that flesh sometimes can feel so overpowering. Like you don't have a choice, but you do still have a choice, but it's like, um, it's going to come out harsh, but I'm going to say it, whatever. She's um, moving her mic closer. It's coming out. Yeah. So, you know, like I kept saying, a lot of people keep saying, oh, well, I'm just going to do what makes me happy. I'm just going to do what makes me happy. Why do you still cry yourself to sleep at night then? Mm-hmm. Why are you miserable? Why are you still not satisfied? Why is there still something in your soul that is not right? Mm-hmm. Why is it that if you, if we live in a day and age where we get to do whatever we want, and get to live however we want and just do what makes me makes me happy and screw everyone else. Why is it that we have suicide after suicide after suicide? Why is it that we have drug addictions? Why is it that we have all of this stuff? Because if you just do it, like if you just do it, it makes you happy, it feels good in the moment. But why are you still sad? Mm-hmm. Why are you still not happy? Why are you not still fulfilled? And it is because you are looking in all the wrong places. And you aren't utilizing that spirit. It's something I just, I literally just taught in Sunday school to my kids. You can, I said, I said, can you be happy and sad at the same time? And they were like, no, because you can't be. If you're sad, you can't be happy. Happy, you know, you can't be sad. I said, can you be sad and have joy at the same time? You know, blank stares. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're five and six, you know. Right. But yeah, you absolutely can't have joy because joy is one of the fruits of the spirit. That's one of the things that you get from the Holy Spirit is joy. Yep. And you can have sorrow, but still have that joy. Yep. And I use Paul and Silas as an example. Yes. They were in prison for casting a demon out of a girl and putting her out of work. And they were thrown in prison. And what happened? They didn't sit there and be like, oh, woe is me. They were singing. They sang. And what did that praise and worship bring? It brought an earthquake and it unshackled their chains and it opened the doors and it broke the bricks. And the guard that was on duty, he comes and he sees this mess. 
And he is so upset because they he knows I am in trouble. All these mm. prisoners are gone. And he walks in and he's at the front and he takes out his knife and he hits his knees and he's ready to kill himself because yep. it's he's in trouble. Because he failed it because yep. like all the prisoners were, yep. he thought. He thought. We're gone. Yep. But who walks out? Paul and Silas. All the prisoners are still there, even though they had every opportunity to flee. Paul and Silas walk out. And right before he puts that dagger in, he says, stop. Don't do that. And the guy's looking around and he was like, I'm in so much trouble. Why are you still here? Why? They had an appointment too. That was their appointment. That earthquake? Yep. It was was there to save that one soldier. That one appointment. And they walk out and he says, how do I find God? How do I know God? And that may be a question that you guys have been asking through this. Okay, yeah, we're talking about the Holy Spirit, but how do I get the Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. How do you find God? One, you go looking for him. That's what that soldier did. He was like, how do I find God? And Paul was like, you know what? You believe in Christ. You believe that he died on the cross for your sins. You died or that he rose again you confess your sins and that is how you and your family will end up in heaven and that soldier went home that night and had a family gathering and they all came to know christ Mm -hmm. because paul and silas even in their sorrow of being locked up they had that joy that the lord gave them because no matter what our circumstances are we can still have that peace we can still have that joy Mm -hmm. like there have been circumstances in my life where it's like I'm really sad, but weirdly, I have peace that it's going to be okay because I know the person who holds the keys to my life. Mm -hmm. I know the person that holds the key to heaven. I know the person that holds the key to hell. I know the person that holds the entire universe in his hands, which means that he holds me in his hands Mm -hmm. too. Like, I don't have to fear when the world tells me in every way I should be terrified and afraid, like I, I don't have to, I don't have to be afraid. Fears of the devil. Absolutely. Uh, God says, I didn't give you a spirit of fear. Fear. Spirit is a fear and Mm -hmm. it is of Satan. Those things are not godly. He wants us to rejoice in everything. And the other day I just started feeling I was thinking back on kind of a really bad situation that I'd had been in several years ago. And while it was going on, I remember being at the lowest point in my life and just, I never said, why God? You know, I don't, I'm mad at you, God. You know, I just, but I was just like, I don't. That's why you're a better Christian than me. (laughs) (laughs) I like to ask the why questions. Go ahead, sorry. It never ruined my faith, but the thing that I came to realize years later mm-hmm. was that the Lord put me in that situation to help others who had been in that situation. And I can't tell you how many women have approached me in the last two years saying, I heard that this happened to you too. Mm. How did you handle it? And I get to give all the praise and glory to God. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have done it. I couldn't have gotten through it. I couldn't have had the strength. I couldn't have gotten my kids through it without God. And it's a witness, but I have been able to help others. And so I was thinking about that the other day, and I kept hearing, use it, use it. Like when people are going through trials and tribulations, use it, yep. use it for God. Don't get down on yourself. That's what Paul and Silas did. Throw it in prison. Use it. 
use that circumstance for yep. God. And look where it got them. They, they were able to leave and be free after that. Yep. Yeah. Um, it says the fruits of the Spirit are charity, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, generosity, gen- gentleness, faith, faithfulness, self-control. Like, And that charity is interchangeable with love. That's love, the first yeah, one. Yeah, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness. And so it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. If, if your heart is set on the Holy Spirit, and like you're you're actively um, living out His will for your life and listening to Him and you know obeying. That's the big thing is that obedience. You will have those fruits of the Spirit. Like you can you can I think you can actually tell somebody is an actual believer or not if they have those fruits. Mm-hmm. We produce what we live. So if we live in fear, if we live in the world, we are going to produce those fruits of death. But if we live in Jesus, if we live for him, we will automatically have those fruits of the spirit um, because it, it what bubbles up. And, you know, it, there's, a, there's a, a verse that says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm-hmm. I think it's also out of the heart, like your entire being speaks. Mm-hmm. What, what is your character? How do you treat people? Um, because if you truly have Jesus in your heart and you, and you want to obey and do what he wants you to do, it will be very evident. Mm -hmm. And that's why I said, you know, like to, to, to the Christians who you couldn't tell if they're a Christian or non-Christian, that's not the fruit of the spirit Mm -hmm. because we are supposed to live in a way that others recognize. And it's funny this is, this is so God. Mm. You're talking about this new heart. You've been in Ezekiel. Yeah. Feeling Ezekiel. Are you going to blow my mind right now? Uh, I think it's pretty cool. Okay. I'm ready. Ezekiel 36, 26. I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Yes. Right? Yes. That heart of flesh is the Holy Spirit. That is God. You put God in your life and that heart of stone that mm-hmm. Satan's put there. It gets all taken away and you get those characteristics of the spirit of the Holy Spirit. It's so lost on people. We hear fruits of the spirits all the time, but what are they? They are the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. When you accept Christ as your savior and you give your life over to him, the Bible says you immediately are filled with the Holy Spirit. You have to recognize that he's Mm -hmm. living in you. Mm -hmm. You have to communicate and ask for guidance and acknowledge that he's there. He wants you to do that. And once you do, oh my gosh, you guys, like it will change your world and who you are. If you find people and they've just been the hardest, toughest, roughest, worst people, that you've ever had. I almost said rootin' tootin' as Root, cowboys. Rootin' tootin' as cowboys in this here country. <laughs> rootin' as tootin' as cowboy in the wild, wild west. Woody. All right. Sorry. I'm sorry. That's just what I heard. I just ruined a really nice moment with you. I'm sorry. No, you made that moment better. Okay. Kitra, you sure did. The Holy Spirit put song in you and he loves song. <laughs> He says to make a joyful, joyful noise, not a... Kitri's name noise. is written on the bottom of his shoe. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Like imagery that you just gave me. But yeah, um, one thing I heard when you're saying... Yeah, because like when you accept Jesus in your heart, the Holy Spirit dwells within you. Um, 
I'm going to say it and then I'm going to explain afterwards. Um, Jesus is not a get out of jail free card. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit will know if you fake in it. Yep. He knows your heart. Like you can be like, oh yeah, I I accept you. Sure. But he'll be like, no, you didn't. Mm -hmm. You just want to get out of hell free card. Mm -hmm. Because there's, there's a big difference um, in my opinion between the two. It's not the act now, ask forgiveness later thing. Exactly. And that's how I used to live forever. It was just like, oh, well, Jesus will forgive me anyways. Mm-hmm. There, there is, oh, I, I have to find it. Um, there is a verse that said, like, if you um, continue to sin this way, it is like you are crucifying him all over again. Mm. <sighs> and, like, that... I read that not too long ago. I have to find that exact thing, um, that exact address. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that. Because that is how I lived for so long, where every day it was like I was putting the nails in his hands all over again. And don't think that the Holy Spirit doesn't know if your heart's truly in it. Because I I had the knowledge. I had the biblical knowledge. Um, I was a Pharisee. Yeah. Oh, he just told me that. Mm-hmm. He's like, you're a Pharisee. Mm-hmm. I don't, I couldn't, I like here, sitting here today, like I knew Jesus. There were po- points in my life where like, I really like kind of uh, went after him, but I just had the knowledge. I just had the law. Mm-hmm. If I died when I was living with my boyfriend at the time, I couldn't tell you honestly if I was saved or not. Mm-hmm. But it also says like, if you continue sin knowing, like knowing you're sinning, like you're literally crucifying him all over again. Hebrews 6, 6, and to, and who then turn away from God? It is impossible to bring such people back to repentance by rejecting the son of God. They themselves are nailing him to the cross once again and holding him to public shame. Mm. That's a, that is a hard verse. That is hard. Yep. And that that just kind of goes to show that yes, he is all loving, but like he has, boundaries he has rules like you are literally subjecting him to that shame all over again and he his his arms are wide open for repentance because repentance um just means to turn away Mm -hmm. it just means like just just look back at me put me in your sights again just turn away just do a 180 and so like the and when you accept him the holy spirit will lead you in the way you're supposed to go. And I've really just felt impressed to say this. But if you don't want to go to church and you have kids, send your kids. Yep. Put them in Sunday school. You don't have to go. If you're not ready for that, you put your kids in church because they have to learn at a young age. It reminds me of that Frederick Douglass quote, um, and it says, it says it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. Oh, yes. And you get that language, that love of Jesus in your kids. If you want, and you should want because you're a parent, the absolute best chance for your children, mm-hmm. they need to know God. And if you're on the fence and don't know what to do, but you still love your kids, send them to church because. That's where they need to be. That's where they're going to grow. And it's potentially a way that God is going to say, your children are going to teach you Mm 
-hmm. because you're not ready to teach them. And it has to start young. Not saying if your kid's 16, 17, 18, or in their 20s or whatever, it's not too late. But especially if you have young kids, get them in church. And make it a point to teach the word and the message, or else they're not going to stand a chance against this world. Yeah, it's just, it's, I mean, the powers of this world are very powerful, but there is, there's no match for the powers of God. Mm -hmm. But when you're not, if you, if you're not necessarily rooted in that, you don't know the truth. It's very, very hard um, to be able to turn that away. Mm -hmm. It's really difficult. And so, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I, I mean, I have a friend who's not exactly sure where she's at, um, but I see her kid in my church. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my gosh, her, her daughter loves it, loves it. And I think that's just another avenue that the Holy Spirit takes is, like, I'm going to teach these little ones my love because they will share it and show it without mm-hmm. a second thought. And it might just be the very, like that little child might be the very person to bring a, you know, 30, 40 year old man or woman to God because that, that childlike faith Mm -hmm. and that Holy Spirit will work in you. And like those little nudgings that you guys feel to want to know Jesus, that's the Holy Spirit. Because he's not, like I said, he's not just going to leave you to your own devices. He's going to do everything. What's that song? Uh, Reckless Love. Um. Corey Asbury. Yes. Oh, yeah. it's such a good song mm-hmm. where it says like he br- he's breaking down walls. He is coming through. And I remember one time I was singing that song and the Holy Spirit showed me like um, like that he was the leader of a SWAT team. And there was a little girl in a dark room and she was tied up and she was crying and she was messy and like you know, she had dirt everywhere. And that he like he had guns drawn. He had his SWAT gear on and he was kicking down doors, mm-hmm. kicking down doors like looking everywhere, like fighting for that one, for that one girl. And, um, and he found that girl and just picked him up, picked her up and just took off with her. And that is what Jesus, that is what God, that is what the Holy Spirit does for every single one of us. If you feel like you're that one lost sheep and you're out there and you don't feel like anybody cares if you are out there alone and by yourself, Jesus will always find you. Jesus is always there, and he will always come get you. There is no dark pit. There is there is nothing so dark, so deep, and so abysmal that we, we are in that the light of Jesus cannot find us. Because Satan is already defeated, and we just need to accept that we just want to be picked up by Jesus. The battle is won. Yep. The battle is literally won. And what's cool about the Holy Spirit, God Jesus, because they're all the same. They all have the same character, the same heart. It is like the battle is won. And n- normally in, in um, I almost said prehistoric times, but like old times, right? It's like when they won a battle, they had a massive feast where all of the victors sat down, ate, drank, and was merry. Um, that battle is won, and God accepts anyone to sit at that table mm. because he fought the, the ultimate battle for us and won. So literally anyone can walk off the street and eat from that table. We all belong. We all belong. All right, folks. Subscribe, share. We appreciate you. If you have questions, you can personally message us. Yep. On any social platform. Mm -hmm. In God She Trusts, we're on Facebook, Instagram. And if you want to send us a Gmail, it's IGS Trusts. 
at gmail.com. And um, yeah, God loves you. He's uh, he's that SWAT team coming to find you. Mm. So we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.